I'm going to speak on the priorities of spiritual progress. You may have read this passage a thousand times, but who would agree? It's not just the reading of it, it's the application. Lord, I pray that you give us fresh application of your word today. May we hear your voice to what you're saying to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Verse 13 through 15. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. Notice he says, I I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing. And then the words I do are in italics. So you could actually read it like this. I do not count myself to have apprehended or to have obtained, but one thing. Forgetting those things which are behind and pressing forward to those things which are ahead. And then he tells what that one thing is. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. I forget those things that are behind. I reach forward to those things that are ahead. I do not count myself to have obtained, but this one thing, I press toward the goal, verse 14, for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, let us, as many as are mature, have this mind. And if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. It's my prayer that for those of us that know this passage by heart, that God would reveal to us today the areas of our life where this has not been activated. Who knows the Word of God needs to be activated in our lives. God said it, and that settles it. But when God says it, and we believe it, it makes a difference in our life. Therefore, let us, as many as are mature, have this mind, and if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal this even to you, even this to you. The priorities of spiritual progress. What should we always and never do? There are two things we should always do and two things we should never do if we're going to progress spiritually towards that prize of the upward call of God. It's in Jesus Christ. Number one, never think you have arrived and do not need to progress. We stop learning, we're dying. We're called to learn and to grow. We haven't arrived. So... None of us have the right to pontificate and place demands on the lives of others that God has not placed. Amen? We're called to remind one another daily of the things that God wants in our lives. But there comes a place where the mailman delivers the mail, then he leaves you to deal with it. Amen? So today, we're delivering some mail, and then it's between you and the Lord. No one's going to try to control you and make you their puppet. It's between you and the Lord. Amen. Never think you have arrived and do not need to progress. Proverbs 3, 7. Solomon, the wisest man that ever lived until Jesus came, said, Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. 
Proverbs 26.12, he says, Do you see a man wise in his own eyes? There is more hope for a fool than for him. You may have more degrees than a thermometer, but there's still room to learn. Amen? Isaiah 5.21, Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and prudent in their own sight. Who knows that we can become like this? Think we know it all? Who's ever met somebody that thought they knew it all and tried to impose their will on the world? Paul wrote to the Roman church in his letter, chapter 12, verse 3, For I say through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to everyone a measure of faith. And verse 16, Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. Andy Duncan says, often we're way up here and God wants us down here. If you catch yourself, sometimes Yvette and I do this to each other, we'll just go. Thank you, Pastor Andy, you're still preaching. No, it's okay, it's okay. It's fine. Hey, hey, darling. Hallelujah. Never think you have arrived and do not need to progress. Thank you for the perfect illustration. Anyway. Number two, never keep yourself harnessed to the past. Our past is over. It is hidden in you. Amen. All things are made new. This will hold us back. Even the good things in our past can hold us back. You know, some people that are has-beens, and they never get over it. Maybe they were the captain of the football team, and, and uh, they just never have regained that position of fame in the, in outside of high school. Let it go. Thank God for an awesome high school, high school experience. You can help those of us you beat up on and bullied around to get healed. Amen. <laughs> you are not a has-been. Let it go. If it's good, let it go. If it's bad, let it go. Amen. Amen. And by all means, let nobody reinterpret your past for you anyway. You know, some people want to assume they know your past and they've pigeonholed you. Don't let that happen. Reject that in Jesus' name. The Bible says, let no man despise your youth. Maybe you grew up in prison. Don't let anybody despise you for that. You have a right to the bread and blood as anybody. Amen? Thank God. Never keep yourself harnessed to the past. I love that song. My past is hidden in you. It's all over. Hallelujah. Well, we were singing that last Wednesday. I mean, we have church on Wednesdays. Uh, Marietta wrote something, in, in, journaled something, and I asked her to read it today because I, I think it's really good. Um, I think it'll help underline this thing to let the past go. Standing at the edge of the precipice, not bothering to look back at what is behind, no regrets, no regrets can stand at this place. I can only look at the edge and what is ahead at this point, no matter how short time may be. I can only look at what lays ahead, knowing that the time ahead is redeemable, 
but the past serves as a pit, a place where I came from. Only in front of me can I see the perfect will of God in my life and actually see the manifest presence of his will in my efforts, cloaked in his robe of love, faith, and hope. I look towards where he would have me go, remembering, albeit moment by moment, in time, that I can have no regrets, only look ahead at the precipice, knowing I cannot rewrite my past, but I can anew rewrite my today and what is left of my tomorrows. Amen. When I got out of high school, I moved to Texas as soon as I could. And then I left because I had an opportunity for a free trip to Africa. So. But for six months, I attended an awesome church in Austin, Texas, pastored by Kenneth Phillips, who is still the pastor at this church. And this line comes from him, and he can proclaim it like nobody I've ever heard, and it is this truth, that in Christ, you have no past. He nailed it to the cross. You have no past in Christ. All things are made new. Now, you may be living with the consequences. I mean, if in the past you cut your finger off, well, we can believe God for creative miracles, and if it happens, hallelujah. But if not, you're living with the consequences of, of uh, what happened. So there could be consequences, but you don't have to live under the guilt, the shame, and beating yourself up. Proverbs 26.11 says, As a dog returns to his own vomit, so a fool repeats his folly. I don't mean to be grease here, gross here today. Greasy. But what is vomit? It is a past meal. When we live in the past, we're going back and eating something that's already been digested. It's over. It's gone. It's gone. I love time machine movies and time travel and all that. You know, people goes back to the past and changes it and alters the whole future and they ruin the world or make the world a better place. But that is impossible because time is a constant that God created and man can't mess with it. It's getting shorter for the enemy. He would love to make it longer, but he can't. We can't go back. We can move ahead. Jesus said, No one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God want to be fit for God's kingdom, we must be forward-minded people, not looking back. Peter wrote in 2 Peter 2.22 about a true proverb, a dog returns to his own vomit and a sow having washed returns to her wallowing in the mire. Stop wallowing in our past, otherwise we won't progress. No more beating ourselves up, amen? Number three, thirdly, always reach for God's will for the future. Reach for it. Stretch for it. Move ahead. It is a mistake, F.B. Meyer said, to always be turning back to recover the past. Christian living is not backward but forward. Not for experiences that lie behind, but for doing the will of God, which is always ahead and beckoning us to follow. 
Leave the things that are behind and reach forward to those things that are before. For on each new budget, each new height to which we attain, there are the appropriate joys that befit the new experience. Don't fret because life's joys have gone. There are more in front. Look up. Press forward. The best is yet to come. Amen. Don't be sad that you missed the Jesus movement or the, you know, if I could just live back during the days of the healing revivals. Yeah, you'd be swatting mosquitoes and getting blood on your white shirt with the rest of them. Thank God for the future. Amen. Thank God for what he did in the past, but he has a future for you. Amen. The verse before this morning's text, verse 12, says, Not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. He saved you for a purpose, and that is for more than just demonstrating his kindness. It does that. But he saved you for a purpose. You're saved for a reason. Not just to live how you want to live and go to heaven and have fire insurance, but to do things that no one else can do for him. Amen? Always reach for God's will for the future. And finally, always look up and say yes, yes, yes to God's call. Amen. This starts with an active relationship with Him that involves praying to Him, seeking Him, worshiping Him, and waiting on Him while continuing with obedience to doing His will as He reveals it to you and not your own and becoming one of His disciples and rightly relating to His people. Always look up and say yes to God's call. I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Never think you've arrived and do not need to progress. Never keep yourself harnessed to the past. Always reach for God's will for the future and always look up and say yes to his call. What has he been calling you to? It's time to start saying yes. Stop saying no. Stop ignoring him. Stop rebuking the devil. God's calling you. Say, okay, Lord, how? Where can I start? The key to fulfilling the will of God is to do the, do the next thing he tells you to do. It's not hard. And then do the next thing he tells you to do. He is Lord. We are not. We're not in a cafeteria. We're in a kingdom. We don't pick and choose. Well, I think I want to do that. I want to be an apostle or I want to be a teacher. No, he's called you to be what he's called you to be. What's the next assignment he has for you? Do that. And he's pretty set in his ways. We're the ones that are called to change. We tell him no. He won't say, oh, okay, you don't want to do that? Then how about this? No. He'll keep beating the drum. I want you to. Do this. Amen. Hebrews 12, 1 ends with these words. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of God, the right hand of the throne of God. 
in asking us to do things we may not like, Jesus isn't doing something he hasn't done himself. The cross was not a pleasant experience. He endured it for the joy that was set before him, the joy of doing his Father's will, the joy of saving you and I. You see, spiritually, because of sin that separates us from God, justice demands that we die. Humanity is very wicked. We should all be destroyed. I mean, the things I see in the news, it's just snowballing, man. The wickedness, they're not going to sort this global warming thing out. And, and uh, the government can't regulate all the problems because they can't regulate themselves. Okay. I don't care what party you're of, they're all, they've all sold us down the river. But the point is, Jesus called us to a new kingdom. Who rules in our hearts is what matters more so than who rules in the White House or in Austin. Amen. Who rules in our hearts? He's called to rule over us. And he came and took that death that was due the human race that we're worthy of. That he was not worthy of. He allowed the wickedness of the... I don't care what era he would have come into. If he lived in the 21st century, we would kill him. Because we don't put up with people that blow the whistle like he did. And God allowed it to happen so that the fine could be paid. The debt could be canceled. It's not just canceled. It's been paid in Jesus. And through looking to him in faith, we can receive the payment for our sins. Death for us is now not for our sins, but for the sin of Adam (laughs) because of our bodies. But thank God through Jesus we receive new bodies. So... Through faith in Him, we get a new start. In a couple minutes, we're going to have a drama. And this drama, to me, I see it through two eyes or two tracks. It's for the person that has never followed Jesus. And in the drama, you'll see the human, the heart. Megan represents us. We've been created in the image of God. But then we see her wrestling with sin, being tempted, being led astray separated from her God by those sin. And Jesus reaching for her. And eventually, the relationship, the redemption happens. The second track I see it, the second lens I see it through is for the person who's been saved by Jesus. And they have fallen away. Other things have gotten in the way. Temptation has gotten its grip and is doing its damage. But Jesus is still pulling pulling for that heart. So we're going to transition right now. We're going to move the pulpit. We're going to unplug this computer. Brothers, if you could come and move this. And we're going to start the drama. And if you don't mind, if you're sitting over here, I think you you would see better if you moved in this area. If you're sitting over there, I think you would see better if you could move in this area. Let's move together. Make room for one another. Um, All right? Because it's not going to be possible to see everything on on the side wings. All right.
In closing, we serve an awesome God who knows everything. He knew you were going to be here today. And He set you up. He knew that you were going to see something that you identified with here that's separating you from Him. He wants to remove that separation today. He's awesome. He knows everything. And yet, there's several things He doesn't know. Yeah. God does not know of any sin that He does not hate. There's not some, like in our minds, some sins may be acceptable and others might be worse. In His mind, they're all bad because they all, all of them, separate us from Him. And yet, He does not know of a sinner He does not love. He does not know of a sin He doesn't hate. He does not know of a sinner He does not love. And He does not know of any other way to save a sinner whom He loves from any sin that He hates than through a relationship with His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. He knows of no other way. Jesus declared it, the truth. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And he also knows, fourthly and finally, he knows of no better day for you who he loves to be saved from that which he hates. Through a relationship with his son, he knows of no better day than today. For today is a day of salvation. Amen. If this has spoken to your heart, Pray this prayer with me. Oh God in heaven, I see that sin separates me from you. And I ask for your forgiveness of everything that has separated us. I believe that your son came and died for my sin and has arisen from the dead. Jesus, I call on your name. Save me. Forgive me. And make me yours. If you pray that prayer, you've said yes to Jesus. I would love to meet you. I'm going to be out at the information desk. Bring that card, fill it out. You're saying yes to Jesus today. And we'll give you a new Bible. Amen. I'm going to ask the prayer ministry team to line up across the front. We want to be here to pray with anyone. You may be rededicating your life to the Lord. You may be coming to the Lord for the first time. You may need wisdom for a decision you're about to make. You may need healing for your body. You may need prayer for your relationships. We want to be here to pray with you. So if we could just stand right now. And as we stand, if the prayer team could come forward. And if you would like to receive prayer, we're here, we're here to pray prayers of agreement with you. Just come on up as we're coming up. Just come on up and join us. Amen. As we continue worshiping. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you 